Well, Happy New Year. Um, you know, how many of you have some New Year's resolutions? I, I like New Year's. I like new starts. I like, I have some uh, resolutions. You know, I like the feeling of just kind of starting new. I like challenges, you know. And um, it was funny because, you know, when I, when I was looking at that, I realized, yeah, I mean, that is specifically why I don't have any kind of Christian bumper sticker on my car. Because the Bible says don't, you don't want to cause anyone to stumble. So I don't want nobody to stumble. But, um, you know, as I created, you know, you, you make these lists, right? And as I was doing my list, I realized that most, pretty much all of these resolutions that I had written down were, were about me. That it was focused on me and, and what I want to see, what I want to do, <clears throat> you know. Um, it's just all focused on, on me. And, and I thought about, isn't that the case for most all of our resolutions, you know? Um, we want to lose weight, that we want to think, um, or, you know, we want to eat better, or um, we want to read more books, or uh, I want a cleaner desk, or, you know, I want to go on a vacation this year, you know, all these kinds of resolutions. And it's a good thing to look to improve ourselves, but, but there's a downside to all of that. And the downside is when our, our self-focus affects our relationship with God. And that when following Jesus becomes more about us than it is about God. And, and what I mean is when our self-focus leads us um, to believe that following Jesus is, is all about getting God to do what he wants us, uh, that what we want him to do. We have this focus, you know, we, everything in our lives is focused on ourselves and, and even our relationship with God. If we're, we, we enter that with a, with a self-focus that just comes totally natural to us, then we'll begin to think that, oh, <clears throat> I think God is, the great thing about being a Christian and God is, is that I can ask him for stuff that I want. You know, and we say things like, God bless me, help me to get a job that pays lots of money where I don't have to work that much, or give me this, give me that. And, and when things don't go our way, we, we kind of blame God, you know. We say, ah, I, tried, I tried going to church, didn't work for me. What does that mean, didn't work for me? You know, I tried praying, and nothing happened. You know, what, what were you praying for? I was praying for a million bucks. Didn't get it. Prayer don't work. You know, and, and, and so much of it is our self-focusedness. And it's sort of ingrained in us and that we don't have to do anything to think in a self-focused kind of way. It's just the way we are. And as we begin this new year, I want to encourage you in joining me in, in really making a decision this year to really grow as a disciple of Jesus. I mean, really growing to be a disciple of Jesus and, and choosing to become more self 
less. That's what it's all about. In Matthew 16, Jesus teaches what it means to truly follow him. And I'm going to tell you, right, if you, and you, you pretty much, some of you, most of you, will kind of know this, this passage. But Jesus is making it really, really, really clear. You want to follow me? This is what it means. And it's clear, and it's challenging, and, and, and we come to understand that following Jesus comes at a cost, and that cost flies right in the face of what comes so naturally to us, so natural to us, being self-focused, or another word we don't like to use about ourselves, it's selfish. That it just flies right in the face. But Jesus makes it crystal clear that to follow him, be his disciples, we have to choose to live a selfless life. And so as we start this new year, we want to talk about that. I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you. Join me. I am going to grow. I want to grow because I realize so much about my life is selfish, and it's got to turn to living a selfless life. So just as a way of an introduction, I wanted to talk to you about really what is at the heart of this, and then we'll talk about different areas in which we can grow to be more selfless. All right? The first thing is if we want to live a selfless life, we got to confess. <clears throat> we have to confess and admit how easy it is to live thinking God exists for us. Right. That we got to confess that, man, it's too easy for us to live thinking that God exists for us. This is one of the greatest challenges that we face as a follower of Christ, that that it's so easy to want life to go our ways. We got dreams, right? We got desires. That, and, and we want to leverage the way we live so that we can get all these things, you know? And, 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 and we're just going to do as much as we can to get all these things. And then we think about how powerful God is and that he can do anything. And we think about how much God loves us so it's like, I, I am pretty sure that God wants me to have everything I want. And so we begin to have that attitude. And, and we kind of forget. We kind of forget that God's not existing for us. It's kind of the other way around. And we've got to understand that. And, and in Matthew 16, verse 21, starts off, it says, from then on, Jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem. And what was he going to do? He was going to, the show was on. Right? He was, his kingdom was going to come. And it was going to be spectacular. No, what did he say? He was going to go to Jerusalem and he was going to suffer injustice from the elders, leading priests, and religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed and three days later be raised to life again. Peter, taking him aside to correct him privately, he reprimanded, can you imagine Peter reprimanding Jesus over and over, not just once, over and over, saying to him, God forbid, Master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. Suffering isn't good. Suffering injustice and pain and all that isn't good. 
Dying is not good. And you need to spare yourself from all this. Verse 23, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get out of my way, you Satan. You are an offense to me because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints, not with the ways of God. And what Jesus was explaining was that he was going to be suffer, he was going to suffer, he was going to be killed, but but that he would also be raised to life again. And that kind of went that just blew by Peter. He didn't really think about that. He was thinking suffering, dying, killed. Those aren't good things, you know? And, and Peter had none of that. Because it's so easy to look at things from our perspective, our viewpoint, and really for our advantage, right? For our advantage. From a human viewpoint, allowing yourself to be killed, I, I don't think that's on anybody's resolution this year. I think I'm... I want to be, I want to suffer injustice. And I, I think kill, being killed, I think that's what I'm, no. No one will have that. No one will have that, you know. And it's so easy to, to, to from a human viewpoint and, and from logic to think dying, being killed, suffering, not good things. Peter didn't want Jesus to go through all that pain and suffering forgot about he's going to be raised up again but not only did he didn't want Jesus to suffer there was something from his viewpoint that he was concerned for his own well-being as well he was thinking wait a minute I thought there was something about the kingdom that you were going to be building here and and me and the other guys, we're on the ground level of this. We're going to get, we're, we're going to have places of prominence. So much so that James and John, their mama comes to Jesus one day, and, Jesus, and James and John's mama comes, and, he, and she says, hey, you know what? When you set up that kingdom, I want my sons to have the prominent position on your right and left side. But that's what mamas do, right? And that's what they were thinking. And so when Peter was thinking, wait a minute. If you die, you suffer, you do that. This is not going to happen. Now, how do we know that he was thinking that? And we're going we're gonna to see because Jesus is going to respond to Peter. But man, when we think about it, it is so easy. It is just too easy to think that God exists for us. And if we are limited by what we see, by our human viewpoint, that's the way we look at life. Man, that's going to come natural. I recently had a talk with Dave Oyedamari, and I was, we were talking, and I was, actually, I was saying, and I was actually complaining how I spent three weeks seeking God for his plan for our church as we move forward. You know, I had kind of lined up. I had, had people going to speak in, in December, you know, and uh, I know you folks missed me from speaking, but I had three guys speaking, three people speaking. They did great. And I said, in those three weeks, in those three weeks, I am going to hunker down, and I am going to seek God, and I'm going to say, God, we need your plan for this new year and this new season. And God, I'm giving you three weeks. That's a lot of time, God. You know? And I, and I, and I prayed, and I gave God that time. 
I thought about fasting. I thought that was good enough. But man, it's hard to fast in the holiday season, right? Now I kind of want to fast because food is like, ugh. But um, I was complaining and sharing, like, I gave God all this time. And in the end, I, I didn't really have a, Moses goes up to the mountain to meet God and comes down with these two tablets and the Ten Commandments kind of experience. I didn't have that. In fact, I didn't really have a plan. I gave God three weeks. That's a lot of time. And Dave, being the, the unwise person that he is, human person, imperfect, he says, maybe, maybe, maybe that wasn't what God wanted to do. Maybe it's not always about going up a mountain to meet God. Maybe God wants us to just seek him and seek him throughout our days, not just pressing in and just designated time where God's got to do something during that time. Maybe we just got to seek him throughout the day and follow him right where we are as God leads us, right? My spiritual response, my spiritually mature response to Dave. Yeah, maybe, but I sacrificed all that time. I had people make sacrifices in their schedules to speak on Sundays. I have literally spent hours and hours and hours seeking him. I gave God three weeks. And in the end, I didn't get what I felt I was supposed to get. What was my motivation? What was my my viewpoint? It was me living out of this self focused life. I did this all for God, yeah, but, but shouldn't he then, if I sacrifice all this for God, shouldn't he at least do this for me? After all, I'm, I'm seeking him. I'm taking three weeks to seek him, not going on vacation. I'm doing this for God. He loves this church. We say this is his church, right? And when Dave said that, I knew that he was right. I knew that that was right. And I realized, man, how easy it is to be just focused on myself. You know, just be focused on myself. The truth is, Webster defines selfishness as caring supremely or unduly for oneself regarding one's own comfort, advantage, etc., in disregard or at the expense of those of others. And I thought, that's exactly what I do. Uh, who cares what God was thinking? I gave him three weeks. You know? And how easy it is to live like that. To follow Jesus, we, we've got to admit and we've got to confess just how selfish we are and how often we just think about ourselves and that God exists for our benefit. That's where it starts. 
Not only that, following Jesus means we, it's, it's, it's about choosing to have a totally unnatural approach to life. What Jesus is calling us to is just totally unnatural. It doesn't come natural to any of us, right? Jesus knew the motivation of Peter's heart, and he took that opportunity to address the heart of being his followers. He knew what, what Peter was thinking, what was his motivation. And so in Matthew 16, verse 24, he says it to his disciples. He talks to all his disciples, and he says this, and here it is. You want to follow Jesus? Here it is. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. Think about what Jesus is saying. If you want to follow me, if you really want to be a follower of me, you got to first completely reject and disown your own life. You've got to let go. That you've got to choose to live a selfless life and just stop living for yourself. That's what he's saying. Want to follow me? Stop living for yourself. He says, you want to follow me? You've got to be willing to share the cross. You have to choose to die to yourself to be willing to suffer as a result of following Jesus because suffering is part of following him. There's no other way to interpret that. You give up your life and then you take up the cross. They would know soon enough what that meant. They've seen people crucified. They would see their Lord crucified. They knew what that meant. That meant suffering, pain, and death. Not only that, Jesus says, you got to completely reject and disown your life, your own life. You've got to be willing to share the cross as your own. You've got to take it up yourself. And then you've got to continually surrender to his ways. Jesus said to Peter, you only look from the hu your human viewpoint and you don't see things from God's ways. And he says it again here. He says, you've got to completely surrender to his ways. To follow Jesus, you have to surrender your life to his ways. And that's, and that's what he was talking so harshly to Peter for. Because he was living from a limited human viewpoint and not surrendering to the ways of God. And it's hard because we don't always understand the ways of God. But Jesus is not mincing any words. He's really clear. Want to follow me? This is what it means. Verse 25 goes on. He says, for if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For even if you were to gain the, all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of what? Your own life. What good would that be? 
You gain everything, but you lose your life in the process. What good is that? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? And Jesus is saying that when you follow him and live a selfless life, as hard as it is, you gain so much more. You begin to discover what true life is all about. But you've got to give Jesus a shot. You see, he's saying when, when you're living your life with the goal of having it all with regards to the world's values, you lose something of eternal value. You might gain it all, but you're going to lose something that's going to last forever and has eternal value. You're going to lose your soul. And I, you know, my, my father died in 1984, a long time ago. But I remember so clearly that when the day came and <clears throat> he was in his casket and my mom kept saying, you know what, take his glasses I'm thinking, he needs to have his glasses, right? And the, I'm thinking, uh, Mom, I don't think Dad needs his glasses. But when I took it to the mortuary, put the glasses there, immediately I thought, wow, when we die, we take nothing, right? All the things we accumulate in our lives, all the things we work so hard for, all the things you know, that we gain through blood, sweat, and tears. And at the end of the day, when we die, we just can't take a thing. Even something menial like our glasses, we, don't even, we can't take anything. And that's what I think about when I hear Jesus' words about following. You can gain everything but in the end you're going to lose what matters the most because at the end of the day what you're trying to work so hard for it's just going to go away it's temporary and Jesus is saying that there are two approaches to life and that the choice is ours and there are consequences for the choices we make he says you can deny yourself or you can live for yourself there's no middle ground. You deny yourself or you live for yourself. You take up your cross or you just ignore the cross. You know, that's easy to do. I'm going to ignore the cross. You can follow Jesus or you can just follow the world. Think about following. You're following. You can't follow, you know, you're going to follow one or you're going to follow the other. And that's what Jesus was saying. And so many of us, me included, I want to follow, but I want some of that too. And Jesus is saying, follow me, or you're going to follow the world. But I kind of want both. Can't have both. Follow me, follow the world. You can lose your life for Jesus' sake, or you can save your life for your own sake. So that's our choice. He's not going to force us. That's our choice. You can reject the world and its values, or you can gain the world. 
He said that's the two approaches of life that is before us. Follow me, follow the world. You follow me, you deny yourself, you know? You deny yourself, you, you lose your life for me, you reject the world and its values. And we think, man, that's harsh. Why do you think that is? Jesus this is not going to do something because it's, it's, it's mean and mean-spirited. or He just wants us just for himself. It's more than that. Because he knows that, that, that if we try to do both, in the end, we're going to choose the easier route. And we're going to miss out on all that he has for us. We think, no, but, but man, I, I kind of I want to get married. I kind of I want to have kids. You know, some of us kind of want grandkids. You know, I want to I be so secure in my life that I don't have to worry about finances. You know, I want that dream of the, the house and the picket fence and the two kids and the cars and the puppy, and I want all that. And Jesus... Jesus is saying, yeah, man, those are good things. But all those things are temporary. And, and there's something so much more, something so much better that you just cannot believe how much better it can be. There was this little booklet that a pastor named Don Baker wrote about heaven. And I think about that. I read that a lot. And one of the things he says is in heaven, there's no property tax or anything like that. No, no, no fees, no mortgage, nothing like that. I think that's a big difference. See, Jesus is calling us to follow him because in the end, it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. Because life, we can experience true life if we follow him. But, but it means that we have to choose and trust God and choose to live a totally unnatural way of living. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And I believe, I don't have the plan, okay? I wish I did. You know, I wish I did. I don't have the plan, but I do know this. That, that this will be a year that God's calling us as a church to grow as his disciples. I know that much. And we're going to do everything we can to encourage everyone to grow as his disciple. Where does it start? Right there. Right there. To live a selfless life and choose to follow Jesus. That's where it starts. Because I tell you what's at stake, okay? I was going to tell you what's at stake. We can, we can live a comfortable life. We can love each other. We can join our hearts here. And we can sing Kumbaya. And we can have a great time. And man, the world out there is real bad and awful and lousy. But in here, we're just going to enjoy fellowship. And, and we're just going to love each other. And that sounds really great to us. But the truth is, this is not home. Our home is in heaven. There's something that God 
sent Jesus to come and do, and we're carrying on that mission. And here's the mission. We can be all, we can put all our energies to become comfortable and happy and good, and God, you're doing all this for me, and we're going to miss out on what he's calling us to that is far more important. And the important thing is this. You and I all know people, if they died today, they would not go home. They would not they would not go to the home that God has prepared for them. Friends, they're going to go to hell. And God knows that. And Jesus knows that. And, and we need to know that. And that's why we are here. And if we suffer for the rest of our earthly life, we suffer. But how much is that in light of all eternity? If I never have grandkids, if I never have the house that I want to have, if I never have my black Audi, if I never have those things, but I see people because I chose to follow Jesus, that I see people at home in heaven. Man, what kind of choice is that? I mean, really, what kind of choice? We got a mission. It starts out with us being disciples, true disciples who are going to follow Jesus, who are going to understand the cost, and we're going to follow Jesus, and we're going to go out and make as many disciples as we can. Not so that the name of our church is high and lifted up. We could care less about that. But because because we want to see as many people as we can find their way home. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. People will find their way home because of you and me. Because we chose to follow Jesus. And we chose to deny ourselves. We chose to live this unnatural life. We chose to lose all the world, to not follow the world's values, not follow any of that. And we chose Jesus, and we're going to follow him. And we're going to be this party in heaven, and people are going to come up to you and me and say, hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I wouldn't be here without you. And then we're going to think, man, man, why didn't I think about that earlier? Right? Jesus calls us to a selfless life. That's what we're going to be talking about. I just pray, open your hearts. Give God a shot. Let him prove to you that is the way that we should live. Because there's nothing more important. Let him prove that to you. Let him prove that to you through his Holy Spirit. Let him prove that to you through his word. Don't take my word for it. Just take God's word for it. I want you to stand. And uh, we're going to pray. Father, Thank you. 
how patient you are with us, how patient you are with me. God, I flop around so much. I, I am just so selfish. And man, you just choose to love me and forgive me again and again and again. I pray, Father, that, that, that your truth would sink into our hearts today. Holy Spirit, will you lead us into all truth today? That you, would you help us to see beyond what our eyes can see? That following you, as hard as it seems, that's the way we need to live. That is the life that would give us eternal results. That's the kind of life that you created us to live. Father, I pray that you make that so clear. And I pray that over these next few weeks, that you would continually speak to our hearts. And Father, I pray, make us people, make us people who choose to truly follow you, Jesus. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.